you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast produced by Illinois Right to Life. My name is Savannah Dudzik. I'm the communications assistant at Illinois Right to Life. And today I'm here with Mason Deshaun, also known as Pro-Life Spider-Man. Mason, can you start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Mason. I, uh, I'm a rock climber. That's what I mainly do. And uh, I've been climbing for a lot of years when I moved from Michigan to California I needed something outside to do other than hunting because it's a little hard to to hunt in in California and so I, I I got into rock climbing and over the last few months I um I saw this sort of opening uh there was this guy his name's Alain Robert and he started the style of of climbing that I do which is a free solo skyscraper climbing and he was in America in the 90s, in, in, in the early 2000s. But uh, since then, there really hasn't been anyone in America climbing skyscrapers. And right now, the movement is sort of picking up over in France. And there's a lot of French guys who are, who are starting to, to repeat old Alain Robert climbs. But as far as uh, it goes in America, no one was doing it. And so I saw that as an opportunity. What if I could use skyscrapers to climb and raise awareness and, and money for pro-life, uh, for the pro-life movement. And so over the last few months, I've just been uh, going around, I call it, I'm calling it the Pro-Life Spider-Man World Tour. And I've been going to different cities and climbing different skyscrapers and trying to uh, raise awareness. Right, right. And so I first heard about you through some, some news article that I saw, and it said there was, there was a pro-life Spider-Man. And I was like, what is that? And I remember I was in our, our office, our <laughs> Illinois Right to Life office, and I was showing my boss and I was like, I'm not really sure what this is, but it looks very interesting. So what was the first climb that you did that you did for the pro-life movement? Yeah, so I, I did one for uh, the protest COVID mandates in August, sort of just to test it out. Like my grandpa, he committed suicide during quarantine. So it was something that he like, I guess I wanted to do. and. Uh, my original plan though, was to always climb for pro-life. Right. And so when I did that, um, I guess I learned how much harder I had to try to market myself. Mm. I kind of thought like I could climb a skyscraper and then like news would, would seek me and uh, everything would start pouring in. But when you pick these conservative causes, it's, it's, it's really hard. And so there's a lot of back-end stuff I had to learn if, to, to start to be successful and we're I'm just now starting to see it pick up after this climb in Oklahoma but the first one I did I wanted to plan a uh I like the idea of having a tour sort of like a rock star right like I go around right. different cities and I think it's a cool way because you you can you're not just in one centralized location you can target different regions of the country and so I wanted to plan a three skyscrapers in a week. So I started in wow. San Francisco with sort of the, I call it like the lowest hanging fruit. It's, it's the Salesforce tower and it's 1,070 feet, but the way it, it climbs, it climbs very well to where I have rests about every like 10, 12 feet. And so if I were to get tired or anything like that, I could just kind of stop and, and collect myself um, because I was worried about, I guess, being nervous about the climbing. Mm -hmm. uh, however, 
I found that when I start these climbs, I'm more nervous about getting yelled at by security and getting yelled at by the police and uh, that sort of thing uh, than I am the climbing. And so once I start climbing, as soon as I'm 100 feet up and I'm out of sort of range of, of the security, all of that nervousness just kind of goes away and I'm just in the zone climbing. And so the rests were, were, were helpful, uh, but they weren't as necessary as I thought they were going to be on the climb. Wow. No, this whole, this whole thing is so interesting to me. So how, how do you deal with police security? What are the rules on that? Well, so there's no law that says you can't climb skyscrapers. And so what I'm doing isn't actually illegal. There have been people charged in the past for it, like Alain Robert. Uh, a couple times he didn't have the best lawyers. And so he ended up racking up some trespassing charges. But usually the way it works is so long as you listen to the police uh, at the top, you're, you're good to go. Because uh, when you start climbing, it's a lot harder to climb down than it is to go up. So if they're yelling at you from the ground, it sort of doesn't matter as much because you're acting in your own safety to reach the top. And so any charge they try to rack on you for that isn't going to stick. For instance, like in San Francisco, I got charged with trespassing and evasion. Uh, but it's one of those things like in order to be charged with trespassing, you have to be trespassed. And that means that you either return to the property after leaving or you refuse to leave. And that wasn't the case. You know, I left as soon as possible. As soon as they, Interesting. they Interesting. let me off the climb, I left and I've never been back and I have no intentions of returning. <laughs> and so that charge isn't going to stick. But they also charged me with evasion, which is kind of crazy because there's video of me being arrested at the top. And the first thing I do is put my hands up and my hands behind my back. Mm -hmm. And so that charge isn't going to stick. But the problem with that one is, is now there's a bunch of people who sort of think I evaded the police and didn't uh, listen to them and was disrespectful or something of that sort, which that just wasn't the case. As soon mm -hmm. as when I get to the top of these things, the police are usually waiting for me there. And I always tell them before I crest over, like, hey, just please don't try to grab me. Don't try to bump me. I'm going to let you do what you have to do. But my fear is, is that they're going to try to grab me and I just might do some sort of like knee jerk reaction, you know, and like, you know, like bump myself off the, right. off the climb. And so uh, I'm, I'm talking to them before I, before I crest over, but as soon as I'm over and I'm on the roof, it's, it's, it's hands up and, and I let them do what they have to do. And so the evasion just isn't going to stick, but it just kind of looks bad. <laughs> right so, right um, but yeah but it, it sounds like you really have have researched this and you you know what to yeah. do for the most part um so I want to I want to talk a little bit more I want to go back to why you're so passionate about the pro-life movement what got you into this but first um thank you for that introduction so next we will discuss the work you do and a little bit more of the behind the scenes, why you do it. But first to our listeners, I want to thank you for our, your support of our podcast. If you have any feedback on the program or would like to recommend future guests on the show, please let us know by emailing us at info at So let's talk a little bit more about 
I, so I understand the, the climbing part, right? That that's like, a, that's a hobby of yours. That's something you're very passionate about, but why the pro-life movement when there's so many different movements you could use this to support? Well, you know, being a climber, the, the climbing community is a very, very liberal community. There is almost no representation on the conservative side inside of the climbing community. And so I felt like that was wrong. And I, and I talked to a lot of my friends and a lot of them don't understand the conservative point of view. And, and, and when you look at pro-life, I, I think it's the most important conservative cause because you know we're not talking about tax dollars. We're not talking about things like that. It, it, it's killing babies and, and, and it really is an abortion holocaust. So if there was anything within the conservative movement that I, I would want to um, represent most, it, it, it's that, it's, it's pro-life. And so I wanted to, I guess, use what I do to change the culture. And if you mm -hmm. want to change the culture, you have to be part of it. And so again, I saw this opening where no one was doing this in America. And I, you know, I said, well, I can do that. And I, I took action. And um, I guess that was a hard part. Like when I was raising money before I started this project and um, I wanted to pay the photographers and, and, and a drone operator to follow me around and film it. And so that we could make some sort of uh, content or a, and now we're, we're developing a documentary on all the climbs wow. I've been doing which you hopefully will turn out well, but um, it will turn out well. The footage is rad. I've never seen, it's, <laughs> the, the climbing is not that hard uh, for me. And so I say like, I've never seen easy climbing look so cool. Wow. No, I'm, <laughs> excited, it, I'm excited for that. You film anything with a drone, it just looks awesome. But, um, you know, I, I said, if when I, when I was raising money for that, like, I felt like a Nigerian prince in some regards. Like I was like, if you just loan me $8,000, like I'm going to climb these skyscrapers and raise all this money for pro-life charities. And I don't think any people believed me, which was really? kind of funny to see the responses like after I had climbed them, like people right. were like messaging back. And so uh, it was that, that, that side of it was, was very hard, but you know, it's one of those things like if you, if you have, these goals and these dreams, like you just have to take action on it and, and stop mm -hmm. thinking about it and stop talking about it. You just got to do it. And uh, that was the biggest step for me was just doing it. Like I, I looked at the pictures on my phone of these buildings and I'd obsess over them. I'd go on Google maps and I'd walk my little street view guy around and, and mm -hmm. it just it got to the point where when I was in school, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on school anymore. It was just, all I could think about was climbing these buildings. And so I knew I just had to do it. And it was funny. I had told my professors, I was either going to drop out or, or, or get, or uh, take my exams early because I did it okay. the week before exams week. And I told my professors that I got funding to go on a climbing expedition. And afterwards my professor called me and he's like one hell of a climbing expedition. Wow. He saw it on the wow. news and right. it, it was pretty funny but he he started talking to me about his pro-life views and so it was it was really oh, cool to amazing. connect with, connect like that 
So, right. That's amazing. So have you always been pro-life and conservative or did you have a switch in your mind? Was there a time when it became more important to you? I mean, I, I grew up Catholic, so okay. we were always sort of um, surrounded by pro-life ideas. But the ideas the Catholic Church was putting out when I was a kid, or at least the ones I was exposed to, weren't necessarily those very strong arguments that make sense and that are sort of inarguable. Uh, and so when I was in high school, I mean, I flip-flopped. I was young and immature, but as soon as I started becoming an adult and, and, and more mature, like you find the arguments and really like the the rise of like the Daily Wire and, and, and like Steven Crowder and those sort of guys, like once you start hearing them and it's it's it just grew and, you know, it was solid, but I, I was never really solid in high school or as a kid on either side. You know, I was a kid. Mm. I wasn't really all that political or yeah. understanding of, of politics. Exactly. No, that, no, that makes sense. So in, in one sentence, why are you pro-life? Because one I don't like killing babies. Love it. Love it. Great, <laughs> great direct answer. Um, Wonderful. So, so you told us a little bit about your climbing expedition, your, um, why you do it now, what are some of your plans for the future? Can you tell us like what, what are next steps, um, that you want to share? Yeah. So when I started, uh, this whole project, I was raising money for let them live and a couple other organizations, but, um, eventually one of my friends connected me with Nathan, the CEO of let them live. Right. And he liked what I was doing. And he he is really wants to push like creative activism. And um, because he, he thinks the same way I do, like if we want to change the culture, we have to be a part of it. And we have to get that sort of uh, cultural attention that comes with being creative, like climbing skyscrapers or, or, or doing things of that nature. And so he called me on the phone and this is such a blessing, but he said, Mason, I want to pay you to do whatever you want to do. And I was like, huh? Like how many people have ever heard that in their lives? Right. And so most recently I've started working with let them live and I sort of found my role. You know, I, I was going to school for um, like business administration and, and finance. And so, um, I've been really helping them with a lot of like backend um, business and, and Nathan sort of tasked me with, with the, with the, uh, the goal of expanding their adopt mom program. And okay. so over the next year, I'm going to continue to climb skyscrapers and, and, and build off of the momentum that uh, I've sort of grown, but uh, we're, we're trying to expand our, our network of, um, sponsors and so the goal is to essentially create this network of churches so that we can bring in this steady uh form of revenue so we can help more moms and, and do it more consistently and um without those sort of dips that we were getting before because let them live is sort of like a a crowdfunding uh, site for moms and so we pay for their their finances whether it be their housing bills or their medical costs, their car bills, everything a woman needs 
to have this baby, they pay for it. And uh, they, along the way, they counsel them and they offer job counseling. So for these women, once they have their baby, they can live fruitful lives. But one of the problems was, is with the seasons, people sort of, uh, you know, they donate less or they donate more depending on the certain time of the year. And so it makes it inconsistent. And so it makes it hard to promise these things to these women uh, without that sort of steady income. And so if we can expand this program, then we can really build ourselves as a, as a network for these moms. And um, so over the next year, we're going to try to, to expand and I'll be going around to these churches and doing speaking tours and trying to get them stoked up on our program and what we're doing. And um, I don't know, see if we can um, grow, um, grow the program because Nathan has big goals and we really want to strive to be the alternative to Planned Parenthood. Because right. you think about how much money Planned Parenthood is, is, is getting to kill these babies. Mm-hmm. And even then, they're charging these moms for abortions. And so it's like, who, who do you want to side with as a mother? You want to side with the people who are charging you money to kill your child or the organization that's showing you love and care and really wants to help you and, and, pay, and pay your way to motherhood? And, and support you. And so I, I, I agree with Nathan that we can get there and it's a matter of how we get there. And so that's what I've been trying to focus on is, is uh, more of the administration side inside Let Them Live. Right. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. As a long, think... boring corporate oh. answer. <laughs> no, that was great though. As I think, I think, you know, I used to do uh, crisis pregnancy counseling with Let Them Live. So yeah. um, I know how, how great and how direct their health is to women. Illinois Right to Life also has a program similar to this and we're having, uh, I'll just do a quick shout out here. We're having our Project Love breakfast. So our fundraising event for Project Love um, on April, or April, what am I talking about? August 6th. So mm-hmm. Project Love is Similar to let them live in a bit of a more state level, bit of, because yeah. it's a state organization. We provide women with grants and funding to help them get the resources they need to have their baby and, you know, continue and, to work, continue to save up. And that's something I see like where let them live uh, could grow is utilize those sort of grants as well, because we're already sort of taking advantage of government programs and mm-hmm. trying to connect these women onto these government programs. but. Uh, where I want to see Let Them Live go. Now, when you look at the pro-choice movement, there is one organization that trumps them all and it's Planned Parenthood. Right, right. And so when you're thinking about supporting a pro-choice organization, it's easy, it's a Mm no-brainer. And their branding has been so strong and Mm -hmm. so forceful. And so that's one of the things I'm really trying to push at Let Them Live is how do we make our brand a part of the pro-life identity? Yes. Because, and I hope to see organizations like yours start to consolidate in the way we, we help these women. And so let them live could use your grants or something like that. Right. And, and we could work together and try to, I guess, prop each other up uh, in a way that, um, uh, helps us all because, um, you know, right now there's so many passionate people in the Mm pro-life movement that if we can just consolidate that and and push that towards 
towards the goal of saving babies that I think we can we could do it fairly quickly. I, I don't I mean, think it's that small of a of a dream or a goal. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in the next segment when we talk about the future, you know, for a post-Roe America. But I think that one thing that you said about uh, pro-life organizations working together, it's so important because as you said, you think of the pro-choice movement, the pro-abortion movement, you think of Planned Parenthood, right? They're the big overarching group that's supposed to quote unquote help women, but they actually hurt women. When you think of the pro-life movement, there's a lot of different smaller, I mean, big, big organizations, but a lot of different organizations. And so I think it's going to be very important, especially now when we're all kind of under the eyes of the media and the world to consolidate and all work together to figure out the best way to help women. So um, now I'd like to shift the conversation to a more general discussion of the state of the abortion debate and the pro-life movement in 2022 right now um, Mm -hmm. in Illinois and throughout the world. But first to our listeners, I would like to mention that the team at Illinois Right to Life has built a comprehensive database to prove the humanity of the unborn. WhenDoesLifeBegin.org has over 200 citations to scientific, legal, pro-life, and even pro-choice sources and authorities that all affirm that a human's life begins at fertilization. Feel free to visit and share the site broadly. At a time when only 9% of young Democrats know when human life begins, it's so important that we raise awareness on the humanity of the unborn. So now let's discuss the Dobbs decision so first, first of all, what were you doing on the day of the Dobbs decision? I was in you? DC. I was incredibly blessed. So I was invited to a, it's called the Survivors LA uh, Activist yes. Training. And it's yes. a group organized by like AJ Hurley. And some of the people who uh, were responsible for finding the, the justice for the five babies right. and, um, you know, Teresa and, um, and Lauren Handy. And so they had invited me to the conference and I almost didn't make it. We flew to Atlanta and me and uh, a friend named Tim, our flight was canceled to DC from Atlanta. So we were stranded oh, and, wow. uh, or, or, or from, from Atlanta to DC rather. Right, and right, right, we right. ended up renting a car and driving 10 hours. And there was all sorts of other people who were supposed to be at the conference stranded as well and so just along the way we picked up the whole crew and so by the time we got there our car was full and uh, that's amazing I was so blessed that we did that and we because we were debating like what 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 we should have done and and what was I guess financially affordable but we got the last rental car there was and you know we we took the drive and I'm so happy because it ended up that that Friday, uh, the decision was announced, and we were all there to celebrate and uh, support the movement. Yeah, that that is amazing, and I think that um, e- even since the decision, it's only been a few weeks. Everybody is talking about where were you? Where were you when the Dobbs decision was handed down? So that that's an amazing thing to be able to say that you were at the Supreme Court when the decision was handed down. You were in D.C. when this decision was handed down. Um, so, but now, right, Roe is overturned, the Dobbs decision was handed down, what do we do from here? 
Well, you know, I think we keep fighting the legal battle and we try to, um, we try to make abortion as illegal as possible and, and expand the sort of pro-life um, um, sanctuary states. And we, um, I think we, we now it's, it's a little easier because we can target states that are, um, especially like for an organization like Let Them Live, like uh, we, we can really go after states that are uh, pro-choice and uh, these abortion tourist states, if you will, uh, and, and hopefully help women in a more effective way. Um, but one, one of the problems with that as well is you see like now that we have these abortion tourist states, more women are going to be seeking late-term abortion. And I really hope that doesn't start to normalize um, the, the idea that the baby inside the womb is in a baby because there, there is a spectrum of, of pro-life beliefs. I mean, I'm with you. I believe it's a, at, at conception, but there are certain people who find themselves in the middle and right. don't know when that day is, but um, are still against late-term abortion. And I hope that, I guess that doesn't change and they, they join the, the other side. I hope they, they, they come to the pro-life side and, and see the evil in that, see the, the, the terror. But um, I think awareness is uh, going to be really powerful. Uh, I look to organizations like POW and Pro-Life mm -hmm. San Francisco because they're, they're bringing on this strange group of people. Now I say they, I mean they, them. They are a bunch of fruits. And I think they're comfortable with me saying that they're a bunch of my friends. And, yeah. And we're all, we all sort of have this pro-life bond, but um, they are a group of progressive pro-life pro -life activists. And so there's like animal rights activists that they're bringing on and all these vegan blue hair liberal, you know, like what you would think when you, when you look at a, a pro-choicer. Right. And I think that's very powerful though, because if we want to change the laws, really all we're looking at is changing 2% of minds. And if we can bring over 2% mm -hmm. of people in America to the pro-life movement, then we can really start to write these laws that are on, on a federal level and, and, and change the country and, and save these babies. And, and I really hope, and, I, and I, I believe that America will be the first pro-life country. Uh, I'm not, maybe not the first, I'm sure there's been, but, but we will be one of the most prominent pro-life countries. And that, that's where I see us headed. Wow, wow, yeah, there's, there's, so much, there's so much to discuss in what you just said. But like you were saying, there, there are some states now that are going to be very much abortion tourism states. Um, Illinois is one of those states. Illinois, uh, our governor Pritzker has has said so many times that he wants to bring in women from other states. He wants to help them right get abortions. There are abortion clinics that were built on our borders for, it, for the past three years. So now there are clinics on every single one of our borders so that women in the surrounding states, which most of them have trigger laws, will be coming in and getting abortions in Illinois. And so, like you said, it's going to be very, it's going to be easy, easier to target different help to different states, right? It's going to be easier to target the help of like direct help for women to some states who might have trigger laws, because there's going to be a lot of women there who, who don't know what to do, who don't have a uh, pro-life organization, a pro-life uh, pregnancy resource center to go to, but then also to these states who are 
uh, places for abortion tourism, right? It's going to be just, just centralized there. So I think that's really important. And um, you were talking about how progressive anti-abortion uprising, like you said, they're amazing because they're kind of- Is that what it stands for? Yes. <laughs> uprising, that's so I, I only know that I think because... they want an uprising. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only know that because I was on a different podcast. I, or maybe I was listening to a podcast and I couldn't remember what it stand, stood for. So I looked it up and now I always remember it. But they, they're taking the stereotype, the liberal stereotype and saying, we can, we can believe all, all these other liberal things, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know, but whatever, whatever they, yeah, crazy being (laughs) vegan, uh, you know, (laughs) the only thing I can think of is being vegan. I don't know. Saving the the animals, saving the planet, all of this, but we also are pro-life because it it aligns with a lot of that, you know, if we're going to be consistency is what it is. Exactly. If we're going to be saving the sea turtles, why aren't we saving the babies? So I think it's so important for groups like this to stand up and like, I'm, I was talking to my friend the other day. I'm a walking stereotype, right? I'm a Christian, Me too. Christian young girl. Yeah. You're even more so kind of, <laughs> um, but Christian young girl who's conservative and pro-life, but we need people to, who are breaking those stereotypes to kind of show that um, everyone should be pro-life because it's not a question of what, um, where you align politically. It's a question of human rights. It's the right to life. And I think Democrats for Life as well does a, does a great job with that, with saying, hey, like consistent life ethic, right? Like if, if you believe that, um, basically if, if you believe one thing about protecting life, you also need to believe in protecting life in the womb. It's pretty simple. So I think, I think you're right. I think there's going to be, hopefully going to be a lot more of those kinds of people, a lot more of those groups rising up and, um, showing that we all we're all in this together right it's about human rights and we all can fight for each other's rights absolutely yeah and uh as far as like the stereotype of like the pro-life um christian conservative that was one thing i mean i'm not maybe not doing the best job by dressing the way i dress i don't know but I, i wanted to kind of break that stereotype a little bit because you know part of climbing the skyscrapers is even though i'm not doing anything illegal I'm getting arrested and I'm going to jail. Right. And, but you look at Christians throughout history, you know, you're looking at Paul. Most of the Bible was written behind bars. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the most rebellious thing you can do is be a Christian nowadays. I mm-hmm. mean, the amount of backlash you will receive from being a Christian is, is like nothing other. And so I, I really wanted to try to break that stereotype as well. Um, because I, I don't think it is a, a square thing per se, maybe just the way I dress, but, uh, but I don't think it's a square thing to be a Christian. I think it's, it's, it's totally the opposite. Yeah, no, that is, that is a very good point. Definitely agree with everything, with everything you just said. Um, yeah, well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we, before we end? Any, um, what, how about what are some things that young people can do to get involved? What are some, what, what are some steps you, steps you would have them take? Well, one of the first things I would do is start, you know, voicing yourself on social media. Like Mm -hmm. I was in the belief, like, okay, I don't want to be political online because uh, I just don't, 
want that sort of conflict and they don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But if you, the left has no problem being that guy mm-hmm. and they're going to voice themselves until the dead horse is beat. And if you don't voice your opinions on, on, on social media, if you don't speak out for pro-life on social media, then all anybody is going to see that's in the middle is the one side. And that's where I think the problem has sort of become with our generation is that, you know, conservatives, uh, other than like your crazy uncle have been very, uh, very conservative with what they post online and they don't Mm -hmm. want to offend. And I think that we need to be comfortable with offending and you're going to lose some followers. You're going to lose some friends, but you know, that is what is right. And you should, should do what's right. Yeah, I sounded like Kamala Harris with that last line. (laughs) That is what is right, and you should do what's right. (laughs) Well, okay, but but you actually had a point to make before that, so yeah, Um, that that that's so true. And I think that especially recently, all the all the lies that are going on around on social media, really disgusting things. It's we can we have the power to contradict those, right? We can, we can put something up that's not true and on our stories and say, hey, this is why it's not true and here are the facts. Or we can do something just this morning. I don't know, I don't know if you saw that for the past week, there's this gross tattoo that's been going around. Um, it's like a picture of a, of a baby with its head being cut off on a woman's stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, it's disgusting and it looks really gross and it's terrible and who knows who would get that? But I decided this morning, I was like, oh, I'm going to make some simple pro-life tattoo designs and put that out there. So it's just little things like that, that you can see what the other side is doing and be like, okay, I'm going to contradict this with something good. Because sometimes, I mean, I don't know about that one, but sometimes the, the left does things, says things that look really appealing to young people, um, but they're not true or they have aspects of truth in them. And if we contradict them with something similar, but it's it's good and true and it's pro-life, then that's that's something that, that young people can look to. So I definitely yeah. agree with voicing your opinion and you know and sharing facts on social media because you never know who is gonna see that and who it's gonna touch. That's another thing too, is you can't fall into the box and you have to think creative. And I mean, just dealing with Christians in, in general, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you're going to see a lot of judgment, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to see a lot of people who disagree with you. Like, uh, for instance, I have so many Christians who go after me because I get arrested. Right. And, you know, you have Romans 13, is it? Yeah, Romans 13. And, um, you know, you just, a lot of it you have to ignore. I mean, you can address it. Like, like I say, like, you know, you know where Romans 13 was written, right? It was written in a jail. And mm-hmm. so it's, I, I tell them, like, you can only, uh, follow the law of God until, the, or the law of the government until that conflicts with the law of God. So true. And, but don't be scared of that. Even the judgment that comes with inside of the pro-life movement, you have mm-hmm. to be creative and find different ways because the fact is that a lot of the, like Roe v. Wade happened for so long because we were so scared to think of it outside the box and because so many people were were afraid to 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 do real change and so that's why i have a lot of respect for the people at at pow because they are um they are thinking outside the box and they are trying new things i think we should continue to do that 
Oh, I, I agree with that. I agree um, with that. And I hope that there's a lot of young people listening because the past 15 minutes have been gold for, for young people to hear. <laughs> on a side note, so like at the Survivors Conference, we were all, uh, we were going to get tattoos, Roe v. Wade tattoos. Did you? And uh, well, so we, we uh, ended up finding a, a tattoo shop, but uh, we all realized that they are very expensive and we have no money. <laughs> And so, uh, but the cool thing is, is that Nathan, uh, he's a big tattoo guy. Mm-hmm. And so he has volunteered to find all of our tattoos. And That's said, amazing. What time, are you going to get? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to invite them to one of our, uh, like, let them live tattoo or uh, not tattoo, but our, our banquet dinners. We have fundraising dinners. Right. Uh, but, and then he's going to have a uh, tattoo artist there. That's but we're just going to get a, just a, a, a rose and then like the the date um is it june 20 24th mm-hmm. um or is it 23rd i don't remember 24th oh, that's yeah. crazy yeah that's, <laughs> I should probably re- that's why i want a tattoo so i remember it yeah exactly like, everyone's gonna be like what 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 date was roll over to you look at your arm <laughs> yeah the, the rose is sort of like symbolic for like the rescue movements and, right. and that sort of thing um right but uh well yeah, look at that funny. look at that somebody <laughs> getting um pro-life tattoos absolutely love it (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining mason speaking for myself and the rest of the team at illinois right to life we want to thank you for all you have done to pave the way for us to continue your work to protect life and to our listeners and supporters if you've enjoyed today's conversation please visit our website illinoisrighttolife.org and consider donating to support this podcast and the other work we do to protect life You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening and see you next time.